1: In chapter 6, there's five words. Is my message today. It's chapter 6, verse 15, and then we'll back up. The first five words of verse 15, i I'd ask you to read them with me to the word finished. Chapter 6, verse 15, the first five words. Ready? Begin. So the wall was finished. Again, please. So the wall was finished. The wall was finished. Back up, if you will, to Nehemiah 1. I love the subject of leadership. I counted in my library this week, and I have a wonderful library I've built through the years, and uh, it's commentaries and it's Bible books and verses and and preaching books. It's all a, quote, religious library. But I have a section that deals with leadership. I love the subject of leadership. I want to learn about leadership I counted I have 115 books on the subject. Many of them are old, old books, many years out of print. Leadership, what is it? What is leadership? By the way, before I give you the definition, in the three-year-old nursery today, there's a leader, and it's not necessarily the nursery worker. There's a three-year-old that's leading the pack they have this ministry called crying. (laughs) Or the second, two-year-olds, or a one-year-old. Miss Trever was in the nursery last Sunday night, I think, they had a wonderful crier. And what one leader does, it gets the other, excuse me, she gets the others, I said he. It would not be a boy crying. She gets, I know, I know, you can't say that nowadays, We just said it. Uh, She, or he, whatever it is, gets the rest from crying. Leadership is found everywhere. A first grader can lead a a kindergartner, and by the way, vice versa. We have three children all serving the Lord, and our son who's pastoring in Arizona had a baby sister, and that baby sister had an older sister, and she's a pastor's wife in Southern California, and the baby, they would always say, Tabitha, you go do it, you go ask dad. Tabitha, you go ask mom. Tabitha, you ask the person there at that line. We want to go through the line. You ask them first. And, And Tabitha became the leader. Now, they don't obey her at all, but nonetheless, that's the case. You don't have to be a president or CEO of a company to be a leader. Everybody in this room is a leader. What is a leader? Leader is one who provides influence. You today, if you're breathing, have influence over somebody. If you're a father, you better realize you have a responsibility of being a leader to your family. You better set a direction, spiritually, morally, physically, financially, uh, socially, every area of life. A father provides leadership. He provides instruction. He provides, this is the direction where we're going. How we doing dad spiritually? A mother provides leadership. A mate provides leadership. Sometimes it's the wife that's giving leadership as a husband and wife sit down and talk together. Nothing wrong with that. I I would hope that I am not too proud to think, sit down little lady, shut your mouth and you follow me. She has too much to know about life that I need to know, and she has guided me. I was raised in the most wonderful, perfect home setting, but I still did not know how to be a father. I knew what my father was, but I did not how, and how great he was. I did not know how to do all that. I had to have someone in my life, and thank God I listened to my wife. I believe everybody in life is a leader, and everybody needs to be led. Teenagers, you might be a senior. You better, you ought to be leading the ninth graders properly. And ninth graders, you ought to be leading the junior high properly. And junior high, ought to be leading the elementary properly. And elementary, and I know they're not all in here. Ought to be leading the preschool properly. And the whole we ought to lead one another. Nehemiah is a leader. Sunday school teacher, you're a leader. Bus worker, you're a leader. Deacon, you're a leader. Pastors in this church are leaders, staff members are leaders, ushers are leaders. Everyone's been given the opportunity to lead, to provide influence. Neighbors, you ought to be a leader. If you take these neighborhoods around here, you drive around, there are Christmas lights everywhere. How'd that happen? Ask the neighbors that don't come to our church. Ask them. They will say, it's because of the influence of your church. Everybody that lives in these neighborhoods decorates their house. Some rather lame. What are those socks? What are you t- Are you aware of this? Put them up here. Just put your foot up here, brother. Put a, I don't think you can get it up there. You're not going to believe this. Get the internet on this guy. This guy was a great flaming preacher when he came here. Uh, can you put? I, I can put my foot up there. Can you? Okay. There we go. That's what's wrong with America, right there, right there. West, you're not. You're from West Virginia too. No, you're not. The influence. That's exact illustration, right there. That's exactly what I'm talking about today. That's me. The only reason why I was wearing them, his wife told me how to wear them, so that's okay, right? doubt that you did no you've been hanging around my wife too much I re- leadership what are the ingredients of the successful leader I want to be a good leader we have 14 grandkids 10 live away from us I I want to be a good leader when I get to their my responsibility to my grandkids every day in my prayer life I say God always please Help me to provide a good influence. Now we do it through a distance. We do it through talking on the phone or writing letters or through prayer, the throne of grace every day, throughout the day, praying for them. I'll look, I'll say, now it's traffic time in Los Angeles. Ashland's probably driving the kids. Titus is driving the kids. My grandson, granddaughter. Please keep them safe on those freeways down there. I have a response Through the, throughout the day, the, the throne of grace, I beseech the throne of grace. I wonder what they're doing in all these schools in Arizona and in California. Here are our kids today, our grandkids, all 14 of them. 12 of them have been saved. The two little girls are not yet saved. They don't understand it yet. One's leaving her teenage years, is going to be 20 this year. All the way down to two on January 1st, she'll be two, the little one. I want you to know I have a I don't lead. Oh, I don't get to see him. I don't even get to talk to him that often. What are you leading? It's just my wife and I. Well, what are you leading? It's not just your wife and I. There's there's people everywhere at work. Where where are you leading them? Where are you leading your company? Where are you leading your business? Well, we can't say Christmas in our company. So we say happy holidays. Stink on that nonsense. Come on, yes. Let's Christ back in Christmas. Yes, sir. And and what is a leader? The ingredients of a successful leader, he recognizes needs. Don't you see the need of the hour? God's people and your marriage and your home and your life. Don't you see that 75% of all homes suffer through adultery. Don't you see that? That includes Christian homes, 75%. Don't you see you're losing her? Don't you see you're losing him? Don't you see what's happening? I've sat for these 46 years past in this church, so many times where a man said, why didn't you tell me? She said, I did tell you. he said, why didn't you tell me? I did tell you. You didn't listen. Some of you in 2022, 20, you're gonna say, well, we've got a good marriage. We've been married 25 years, 35 years. Well, I can recall on our 25th anniversary, I spent time telling a wife and a husband, saying I was supposed to go to dinner. Instead, I sat down that, that night at Christmas time, saying your husband has been unfaithful to you. That was our 25th anniversary. Don't you see what's going on? You have to see needs. The Bible says, ye, ye, ye see the distress that we're in. Notice what he says in chapter number, chapter number two. In verse number 17, I said unto them, ye see the distress that we're in. Don't you see it? Our gates are burned with fire. Walls cast down. Go to chapter one. Don't you see it? Nehemiah, though he wasn't present, he saw the need we get christmas cards I, I, every year they come i see i see where we're going in our churches the christmas cards tell the story i could see it in the face i could see it in the attire i could see it how we we lost dignity we lost respect graduations coming from kindergarten and 8th grade and 12th grade and College and masters, all of it's coming, and soon uh, in April or March the graduation announcements come. I've seen people up in trees, and they're cap and gown in trees, laying in the uh, laying in the grass. You talk about a—it's getting quiet in here now. The, the, the dignity is left. Don't you see it? I, I attended public school just right around a city over here in Centerville, which is now Fremont. Every single day of our life, we would pledge the American flag. Every single day, every chalkboard had blackboard, had Lincoln's picture on this side and Abraham and George Washington on this side. Gotta get rid of those pigs, they're no good now. You want to know why they're trying to get rid of heritage? It has nothing to do with the color of skin. It has to do that this has three times been declared from the Supreme Court a Christian nation. That's why it says coins and currency, in God we trust. That's the problem. All this racism stuff is fueling the hatred toward one another, and it's anti-Bible. Thou shalt love thy white neighbor as thyself. It doesn't say that. Thou shalt love that whatever race it is as a, no, no. Thou shalt love thy neighbor in your discussion. Red, yellow, black, brown, white, they're all precious in God's sight. And it fuels hatred. Hitler, like Stalin, like Lenin, like Khrushchev, like all of those that have taken over a country, Mussolini, they always pit people against one another. The rich against the poor, the religious against the non-religious, the educated against the non-educated, the old against the young. Any person that ever wants to take over a country, they create chaos, and then in the midst of the chaos, they come to power. We have a former president this week that advertised one of his favorite songs he does every year, favorite songs of the year, was a song dedicated to Satan. Satan. We're in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. Can't you see it? Can't you see that? We don't watch commercials. We don't watch TV. We watch videos and things of that nature. We watch these things that they have commercials. The men kissing men, the women kissing women. That's not Bible, that's blasphemy. Big department store. One that's not very far from here. You go in, there's pictures of man kissing a man and a lady kissing a lady. That's anti-Bible. Don't you see what's happening? Don't you see in our streets, we got little kids even around here riding their bikes down the middle of the street, spinning donuts, just little 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, disrupting traffic, doing their own thing. Don't you see what's going on, the rebellion of kids? Saw something the other day and I was walking by and you know what? They were disrupting traffic and everything. I, I looked at them and said, hey guys, how you doing? And the one kid, I love it, He said, you know what? He said, hello, sir. How are you today? Encourage me. Someone's not watching what's going on with their kids. Thank you, Lord, for just telling me this. That's why you're crazy to give your young people cell phones. You can't see what's going on. Well, yeah, I watch them. Then why do we hear all the time of ghost accounts? I got involved with this 35, 45, 50-year-old man. I'm, I'm 13, but I got involved because of the ghost account. Better wake up, folks. He saw the need. He wasn't even present, he saw it. Fellas, I tell you what, so often a lady has an insight to things like that that a man, oh, uh, duh, I didn't see that, I didn't see that. Ladies a lot of times can see what a man cannot see. And by the way, some of you ladies think you can see everything you don't see that much. That person that, I got it all, I got it all. I know what, I, Nah. We're having a good time. today. Why am I preaching like this at Christmas? Uh, Recognize needs. The, 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 the need moves you to get your eyes open. Look at the second thing leaders do, they pray. Verse 5, And I I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and the terrible, the amazing God, keepeth the covenant. Let thine ear be attentive. Hear my prayer, which I pray before thee. we confess our sins. We've sinned against thee. I have sinned against my Father and my Father in our house. We've dealt corruptly against thee. We've not kept thy commandments, thy statutes, I remember, he's still praying. I beseech you, verse 8 I, I beseech thee. But, dear God, please help us. And then it said, verse 11, O oh Lord, beseech thee. Let thy ear be attentive to my prayer. You know, leaders must pray. For the sake of time, if you see in chapter 1, verse 1, he heard all this news in Cheslu, the month of Cheslu. That's December. We're in December. The Eastern calendar of Chesley was December. Chapter 1, verse 1. Chapter 2, verse 1. He acted upon it in the month of Nisan. That's April. Nehemiah did not go starting campaign to overthrow government. Nehemiah got alone with God December, January, yeah. February. March and April and prayed. Perhaps you're a better prayer warrior than I am. But I tell you what my life is absorbed with prayer right now. I I want you to have I want you to have the greatest country in all. I want that for you. I want you to have churches that are open and schools that are open and and, and schools that teach reading and writing and arithmetic, and homes that are happy and homes that have meals. I want. To, I'm trying to do everything I can, but I can't change anybody. But I tell you what, this can change a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't see it changing a lot. It's my fault. I'm so weary of hearing bad news every day of my life. Hopeless news helpless news, wearisome news, but I tell you what, I'm not going to stop praying. Amen. I have some answers to prayer. I have many non-answers to prayer, but I wonder how Nehemiah felt while well, he kept thinking of his city that was burned with fire, and it was all open to pray, and all the walls were broken down, and he prayed December, and no answer, and January, and February, and March, and April. Just keep praying. Just keep praying. John R. Rice is an old evangelist. He was born in December, late 1800s, and died in 1980, if I remember the year December. I can remember that. We were toward the end of the year, having a service together, and I got word that I had nephews born, twins that night, and same night John R. Rice died. Great evangelist. 1966, I was in high school, and we came from Centerville, we came over here to the fairgrounds in San Jose, and the preachers rented a building, and we had 2,500 people there, and John R. Rice preached that night. He preached on prayer, 1966. And I remember before he preached, he sang with another man, They sang a duet, just keep on praying. The fellow would sing, till light breaks through. The Lord will answer. He'll answer you. God, John Rice would sing, God keeps His promise. The other fellow, His word is true. Then a duet, just keep on praying. I know till light breaks through. I know if I die, you'll get, my son-in-law has responsibility to take my prayer journal and shred it immediately. I don't want anybody to see any prayer requests of their names. Many of your names are on there. Some positive, a lot with negative. Because you're destroying your life and you don't even see it. My backslidden page just grieves me. Pages. Just grieves me. And I, and I pastor the greatest church. But when I die... There are going to be pages of pages of unanswered prayers. Maybe I'll answer them when I'm gone. I tuck myself into bed at night thinking, I have so many answers, uh, unanswered prayers. But I'm just going to keep praying. Our state was in such a mess. And then a guy ran for governor of the state and he lost. But he ran again. Believe this, 66, and that year God gave us in California Ronald Reagan. Things picked up real fast. I want you to know you just keep praying. I I won't try to be rude, but go ahead. If you think you need to join the gym, I'm not saying that's wrong or working out, but I'll tell you what would help you lose weight next year fasting doing without food and go to a prayer place and pray for your marriage for your family for your children for your grandkids for America for your church for the men of God for uh, uh, tomorrow tomorrow's the day in much of Canada tomorrow's the day in much of Canada tomorrow monday where if you go to church in most of the provinces the preachers are going to have to take notice have you been vaccinated and if not you cannot go to church Better wake up, folks. Pray. Hey, we got a basketball game coming. We have two gymnasiums. Pack out the gym. We got a prayer meeting. Two old ladies show up. And that's not the case here. Men's prayer meeting packs it out. I mean... I thank God for what's going on. Thank God that every day you go by, there's someone on these steps out here praying, a lady, a man, children, teenagers. Thank God in this grass at the other property the school, people are kneeling and praying. Thank God that we pray. Thank God that our school has on their own prayer meetings before school. I'm talking about, put the look, look I, 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 don't, I don't know how to, I know the world's dumbest guy with computers. I don't know how to even turn one on. I know we're on social media and radio and stations and all that so thank God for what it does. But if you're spending 15 minutes a day on social media, you better be spending 20 minutes a day with God. I don't know how much time. I don't know how much I, it would I'd live in discouragement that if I had to read everybody's whatever they're doing. That discouraged me. I don't want to read about what's going on or what they're not doing. I want to go do something. I've got enough leadership in my heart. I don't want to be reading about another church, what they're, how bad they are, how good they are, what this is. I, you say, well, how are you keeping up on everything? I'm trying to keep this right, not this. And if I keep this right, Moody said, you put a fire in the pulpit, people come watch it burn. Look, I'm not saying get off social media. I'm just saying if you spend 20 minutes a day, you better spend more time with God than you do with social media. That's mostly not even, well, they friended me. Well, hang around. They'll betray you next month. Well, they liked what I said. Yeah, well, that was just your mother. One person, and you think you're an American hero. You're wasting your time, ladies and gentlemen. You're watching all this, all this uh, uh, social media stuff. Go ahead and do it. You spend two hours on social media a day. Good. Praise the Lord. If if that floats your boat, do it. Then spend four hours in prayer. That's wearing. Not Not as much as. They don't like me. They befriended me or defriended me. Is that what it is? Defriended? Yeah. Well, we're getting nowhere on that one. I have seven points, I'm already 10 minutes over, I'll quit with this one. Christians walk, uh, leaders walk alone. Can you imagine what the Bible says in chapter one, excuse me, chapter two, chapter one, verse 12. I rose in the night, I and some few men with me, neither I told any man what God had put in my heart. You know, leaders have to walk alone. You don't get to, poor me, poor me. It's, it's so sad being a father. It's so sad being a mother. It's so hard being of this, of being that. I look back and I, I just cannot believe that God's been so good to let me be a pastor. Never thought I could be one. I graduated from Bible college. I knew I could not be a pastor. I didn't have it. I could get nervous and stutter, I just, I just knew I couldn't be a pastor. I'd do anything in the Lord's work, but I can't pastor. I could not preach, I know that. I never took a class in preaching, it's very obvious. But I found out if you wanna pastor, you wanna lead, you're gonna to have to learn to walk alone. I have a car, like you have a car, the radio's not been on in a year and a half, I guess, a year and four months. I do listen to our station, KMBBC through whatever it does. I have a car now that doesn't do it, but I listen on my phone. Wait a minute. You know what I do alone in that car? I like to pray. I have to pray. If God doesn't help, if God does, I don't know what it all happens, but I have to walk alone. The cemetery, thank God it's now open. I can get back in the cemetery and pray. The levee's open. Thank God for the place to pray. I study at night times. I I can pray. I was at my office this week and thinking early in the week about this thought. And I wrote these words down. I haven't sung this song, and I'll never sing. I wish I could sing like these singers. But I began to sing it, and I began to write the words. I never walk alone. I have a Savior who walks beside me everywhere I go. My heart rejoices in His loving favor. With peace and love that nothing shall destroy. I never walk alone. I have a Savior. He is the dearest friend I've ever known. With such a friend to comfort and to guide me, I never, no, I never walk alone. I'm sure I've sung it in my heart since then, but I don't know if I've sung that song since the 60s. I just began to sing it in my life, this, this my office this week. I, I never walk alone. I feel like it, like you do. My wife's married to a man that just adores her, and I just think the world of her. But can I tell you something? She has to feel like she walks alone a lot. And as a pastor of the greatest church in the world, I feel so lonely at times. That's all pride and self. That's me. God's word says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I've had to quote that to the Lord many times. I said this to the last two years, God, you said you're not going to leave me. but I feel so lonely right now. You know what? You, you pinch me, I, I, I say ouch just like you pinch, would say ouch. We all have burdens. Mine are not bigger than yours. Yours might be, must be, some of you are big, much bigger than mine. But as a leader, I want to handle things properly. I've given you three points. I have seven. We'll stop there. If We get to heaven together. I'll preach the rest up there. You probably won't need it then. Leaders make good decisions. Have you decided to get saved? Have you decided to live for Christ? I can take you through the cemetery, at Christmas we've lost many that we never thought we were going to lose through the years. I remember this one died, they're laid to rest at the Christmas. Some of you won't be here potentially next week. Are you ready to die? Some of us are not right with God, are you? get right with God. Let's do this. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I've prayed way too long today. But I'm so grateful that you've been with us today. All the special music, the choir, the hallelujah chorus. God, please spare, spare our city. I know that I don't agree. The mayor's may be watching right now. She knows I don't agree with her, but I've prayed more for her than she's prayed for herself. I know that. Her name comes to the throne of grace every day. And I don't pray mean things for her. Sarah Cody, our health director, I pray for her every day more than she prays for herself. I know that. Our governor, our governor, Our president, I don't agree with any of these people. They're destroying our country. God, our hope for our city is you. Our hope for this state is you. Our hope for this country is you. Our hope for this world is Christ.
0: Thank you for listening to the Audio Preaching Podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber.